Pop Health Podcast is supported by 24-Hour Home Care. All episodes of Pop Health Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and pophealthpodcast.com. For me personally, I don't think that Uber and Lyft initially intended their model to capitalize on that segment. Um, now they're realizing that there there is a need there and that they can capitalize on it. So they're, they're kind of you know backstepping to make that happen. H- however, like you said, it, it's a different monster to get into this particular vertical. And, and I don't know if they will ever actually want to be in this because to be ADA compliant, it's a task. Um, it's not easy to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, co-host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, I had the opportunity with Zach to sit down with Aaron Roy, the Vice President of Business Development for a really innovative company called Butterfly Technologies. Aaron shares how on-demand wheelchair and gurney and medical transportation isn't just a theory and being tested by some behemoths in the on-demand industry, but is actually happening here in the Southwest. Aaron talks about how he's able to leverage an existing fleet of medical transport organizations to solve a lot of problems in the medical transportation industry. We hope you enjoy today's show and feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Thanks everyone. Enjoy the show. So Aaron, tell us something about you that might surprise the audience, maybe a fun fact, hobby, something outside of the workplace. Outside the workplace, see, Gavin, that's a that's a hard question there because it seems like all I do is work. Okay. <laughs> but I will give you some uh, fun facts. So sure. uh, my wife and I have been married now for five years. Okay? We have a beautiful daughter named Audrey. She turns two uh, on Sunday. Nice. So uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, I, I love to play golf, even though I don't have the time to get good at it like I would like to. Yeah. Um, but absolutely love golf. Nice. Uh, good to know. When did when have you last played? Two months ago. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, you asked me uh, while we're walking over to the recording area uh, how about my weekend. I had a lot going on. I mentioned a Christmas party at my church. Actually, on Saturday, I play golf. I play about once a year. <laughs> And uh, we were lucky. It was actually a tie after 18 holes, uh, and uh, we were a foursome, uh-huh. and there was no one behind us. So we did a quick overtime on the hole 18 with just pitching. So we threw the ball right off the green, and uh, it was a blast. Uh-huh. Zach, I think you play a little bit too, don't you? A little bit, but I, I feel you on the not getting to uh, play as often as, as I should to be able to get better. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I haven't broke 100 yet. So oh. just, just to give you an idea, I'm, I'm not very good. <laughs> nice. Well, I got an 85, but it was a par 3 course. Got it. So <laughs> Very good. Well, very cool. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if you can ever mix golf in with business, that's always fun, too. That's that's one thing. The reason I started playing because I realized how many deals are actually closed on a golf course. Oh, interesting. Speaking yeah. of deals, uh, tell us how in the world, before you kind of jump into Butterfly, mm-hmm. how in the world did you get connected with Butterfly? So, so this is a fantastic story that to give you a little insight to how my brain works. Um, my wife hates it, by the way, because uh, I get an idea and I have to execute it. It doesn't matter how outlandish it is, but I have to see it through. And this outlandish idea that I had is I was going to rewrite the algorithm for Lyft and then resell it to them. Oh, um, yeah. A couple of my clients for another business of mine are software developers. Okay. And we went to dinner and they were complaining about how their Lyft ride there didn't make any sense. 
as far as sending a driver to them and the route that it took. So, of course, from that conversation, we said, okay, well, we're going to reverse engineer what they've done and then rewrite the algorithm. Now, I knew nothing about ride sharing at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sign up for Lyft. I'm going to do some market research as a driver, pick up all their pain points, and then understand what it is. We're going to do this and sell it back to them. Uh, during that process of a month of executing that terrible idea, um, I got to meet one of the founders of Butterfly, Delilah Lanois. Uh, she got on my car. Yeah. And due to L.A. traffic being so ridiculous as it always is, uh, we were driving for about two hours. And we're just discussing business the entire time. Um, so it was a great, great connection there. And uh, we kept in touch over the course of a year. Um, and then two months ago, uh, they brought me on as a VP of business development and marketing for Butterfly. Very cool. Very cool. Now, you came into Butterfly when Butterfly was already up and running yes. uh, for a couple of mm-hmm. years. Can you tell uh, the audience briefly a little bit about uh, how Butterfly came to creation or to mm-hmm. fruition? Absolutely. It's a great question, Gavin. Uh, so... Delilah Lamois, like I mentioned, is one of the co-founders. John Harris is the other co-founder. They're both successful entrepreneurs. They've had a non-emergency medical transit company um, that's been around for over 20 years now. Uh, Two years ago, when Butterfly was in its inception, Delilah got the idea because she realized there was a need in the industry. Um, Lyft and Uber were really on the rise at that point. The you know ride sharing has become extremely popular. It's actually, I mean, it's just a piece of our culture now. Um, unfortunately, Lyft and Uber's model doesn't necessarily tend to those with disabilities. Okay? So Delilah came up with the idea that they needed to update the industry and make on-demand ride sharing available for those with disabilities. Okay, good. So that was 2015-ish? 2016. 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, so we heard how you got connected and how Butterfly came to creation. Yeah. And so just uh, as we kind of jump into this a little bit, so that's obviously a fascinating Genesis story. And we're in the, the medical industry, so we are connected to it a little bit more. But can you give kind of a quick breakdown of what exactly Butterfly offers now? Because you said the medical transport, but what what exactly uh, are the offerings of Butterfly now? Exactly. So Butterfly offers... Wave vehicles, wave transportation, which is wheelchair accessible vehicles, mm-hmm. gurney and ambulatory rides. And we do it on an on-demand or scheduled basis. Sure. Okay. So the the app is currently in development. Okay. So as of right now, um, clients would call into our 24-hour call service um, to get an on-demand or scheduled ride. And then once our app is completed, which is uh, scheduled for earlier next year, uh, then they'll be able to book rides uh, via the app. Yeah. And so like the ride share kind of the juggernauts that Mm -hmm. are out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does it work in the same way with the relationship to the drivers? Because obviously one thing that those of us that are connected to the industry know is that the challenge uh, is that there just aren't necessarily those vehicles available to a lot of people. So can you just explain a little bit about how that part works? Fantastic question, Zach. So all of our drivers uh, are employees of our transportation providers and butterfly does not have any of the drivers themselves we do not own any of the vehicles ourselves all of our transportation providers providers do all of the drivers are certified in bls basic life support services they're also certified by the local governing agency as well and through that that's what provides the the needs necessary for our passengers 
because they understand what it is that they're going through and the addition, they go the additional mile in order to help them get to their place of need. So whether it be a non-emergency medical transit to a doctor's appointment, or they can utilize it outside for non-medical transit as well. Um, you know, if you need to go get a haircut, you need to go to the grocery store, things of those nature. It's uh, we really want to provide a sense of normalcy for everyone that exists in society, not just those that don't have disabilities. Yeah. And so we like to talk a lot about uh, technology mm-hmm. on this podcast and just kind of how it's changing all different aspects of, of healthcare. I know that you obviously understand the tech probably way better than we do because you were trying to rewrite algorithms and uh, and uh, on a different <laughs> wavelength than I definitely am. But can you tell the audience a little bit about how Butterfly's technology works? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know how you mentioned the process now, but eventually it'll be an app. Um, is it similar to, you know, say a Lyft or an Uber or how does that part work? Exactly. So it's essentially the exact same app as Lyft and Uber. Yeah. You know, it works the same way. GPS tracking, um, knowing where your driver is in accordance to where you're booking the rides. Um, the thing that sets us apart is we have Zoom features and larger text because those who have, yeah. you know, uh, vision disabilities. Okay. Um, we also are going to integrate with all voice AI, um, Alexa, Google, you know, Siri, et cetera, so that those who do have vision disabilities or cannot function um, the app, they'll be able to speak into it and still have the same functionality. Um, another additional feature that Lyft and Uber doesn't have is, uh, say, one of our clients, they have reoccurring doctor's appointments every week. It's the exact same every week. They can program it once into the app, and then it'll constantly schedule that ride for them. Um, so those are just some features that set us apart, uh, but essentially it's the exact same, Zach. Yeah, and so obviously this is something that is needed. I know we get questions all the time about wheelchair access vans and, and gurney vans. Um, who are currently some of your partners? What geography do you cover? Uh, what's kind of your footprint at the moment? Yeah. Another great question. So we have made our biggest wave, no pun intended, (laughs) in Southern California um, and also Northern California. Uh, We plan on on really, I don't want to say dominate this market, but really expand in all of this market first. And then our second phase of rollout will be in the Portland, Oregon area, um, Washington from Tacoma to Seattle, also Arizona, Texas. Uh, Florida, and then go up up along the East Coast, uh, starting in North Carolina. Um, It's really our growth strategy is based on our current transportation providers and also future transportation providers. Um, So the the needs that have been expressed to us are are in the regions that I just mentioned. Um, But we plan on being completely national and then global um, over the course of the next 10 years. Yeah. And so is your strategy focused uh, to healthcare organizations, hospitals, um, you know, the organization or directly to the riders themselves? Another great question. <laughs> I, I love you too. I think these questions are fantastic. <laughs> it's a great segue. So uh, that speaks. So I'm going to speak to our model a little bit. Um, we have four segments of revenue generation currently, and it's the government municipalities, the healthcare industry, direct to, you know hospitals, um, our strategic partnerships, and then direct to consumer. And then we're currently generating revenue in in all four of those areas. Um, So municipalities and government, for example, uh, we have a contract with San Clemente. Uh, Lyft is actually our partner 
on that contract. Uh, we handle the, the wheelchair accessible vehicle component of that. Um, we also have a contract with the city of LA for downtown LA specifically. Um, it's a microtransit project called Flex LA. Um, Butterfly oversees the entire project. Um, can you uh, maybe explain to the audience, you said microtransit mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yes. Okay. So microtransit in, in a nutshell is just a confined geographic region of a city uh, for downtown LA um, is where this rolled out at. Um, it's to provide the first and last mile transportation. So to and from public transit. Okay. So is it only for residents that live within that five mile or... Mm. Absolutely not. Okay. So the the target demographic are the residents of the of that five mile region. Okay. Um, however, it's open to everyone, and, so, and they want to be able to provide it at a, an affordable rate. So it's a flat rate fee. Um, there's never any surge surge charges, and there's also a discounted rate for those who um, have low income. Okay. So if I'm a Pasadena resident and have an appointment in that area, and I take the Gold Line or the bus to to get close to my appointment, but then have to go another three quarters of a mile and I'm in a wheelchair, this is where you guys come in. Am I understanding that correctly? That is absolutely right. Cool. Excellent. And so uh, one of the other, you mentioned cost, affordable costs mm-hmm. um, in, in that pilot, but just in kind of a larger sense too. I know that um, one pain point that we hear quite often is that when people do need a little bit of extra help, uh, sometimes say a discharge planner has to book um, maybe a non-emergency ambulance to do that and the costs can be exorbitant. Are you guys able to bring those costs down? Is it more affordable than um, what some of the traditional costs has been? What is What does that part look like? You know, that, that's absolutely right. So that's uh, another aspect of our model is we want to bring regulation to the pricing of this industry um, because now it's, it's always going to be based off of region. However, each individual transportation provider kind of dictates their own price. For example, the current standard of the industry is you need to book a ride in advance of 24 to 48 hours. And if you do need to get a ride with less time frame than that, there's going to be an extreme markup. For us, we have set flat rate fees um, that, again, it will vary based off a region, but that region, it will never falter. Yeah. Okay. And so for... That's obviously the the cost structure for, uh, you know, directly to the hospital and and thing. But for a a consumer using it uh, based off the app, uh, will they notice obviously slightly higher than if they were taking a car, uh, right? Because they're getting the extra level of service Mm -hmm. and and the extra ride. But, you know, if it's a shorter ride, will it be something where you mentioned having an appointment every week where Mm -hmm. it's affordable for them to do that every week? Mm -hmm. Uh, Will it be subsidized by their insurance? How will that work for the consumers Mm -hmm. directly? Exactly. So another great question, Zach. There are subsidies based on their insurance provider and their current coverage. Um, There is also for those who have state and those, uh, you know, they don't incur the cost themselves. So as of now, majority are covered by their insurance. Um, For the city, for example, um, in San Clemente, they they subsidize the ride. So the client only has to pay six dollars. Right. And then the city picks up the rest. Right. Uh, So because, you know, as you mentioned, these specialized vehicles, they they do come at a premium. Sure. but just to give you an example of our pricing strategy compared to the market, um, because we are we do come in at a fraction of what the current cost is. Right. For here in Southern California, for example, our pricing, our basic fee for ambulatory ride is eleven. Excuse me, is eleven ninety, okay? whereas industry standard is fifty dollars. Right. 
Okay. Right. So we come in four to five times less than what um, is currently being charged. Um, our best pricing is on the gurney rides. Yeah. Um, you know, base fee for here in Southern California is one hundred fifty-five dollars for us, whereas you can find them in excess of five hundred dollars just starting out. Wow. And wow. and with those rides too, because I know one one challenge or one limitation of the regular rides is that the well, you had mentioned that they have the BLS training, but can they actually help them um, inside of the home, inside of an appointment? Because I know that is the limitation of the drivers on the rideshare rides. So that's another thing that sets us apart from current or other rideshare services is we're door through door, not just door to door. Yeah. yeah. So explain door through door, uh, maybe an example of how people are using you for door through door. Mm-hmm. So for a, a gurney ride, for example, say the client cannot get out of their bed yes. and therefore needs to be wheeled from their home, out of the home, into the vehicle, into um, their location. Like our drivers will do that. Wow. And do they need, and I think because of our audience being a lot of uh, healthcare professionals, Mm -hmm. I don't mean to get too much into the weeds, but I've had this exact example using Butterfly myself, Mm -hmm. not for me personally, but for uh, my my day job, if you will. Mm -hmm. So if a, someone is bed bound, Mm -hmm. right? Is it two people that go in to do like the transfer? And is Mm -hmm. it, so would two uh, staff of your transportation provider company come in and to help with that lift? Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Okay. Got it. So it's whatever this the standards are, okay. that is what's followed. So we have a very strict onboarding process for our TPs. Um, they have to meet all of the criteria in order to join our network. Okay. And that's one of the things that we check for to make sure that they can provide that. Thank you. One thing that I was surprised about that you mentioned is that you're all actually moving kind of outside of just the medical necessity mm-hmm. of rides. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the other ways that people are, are using Butterfly? So that's a... Man, I, I love I, I love you too. Like you ask the best questions. Um, so I, I shared the story with Gavin last week, and I, I want to share with everyone else as well. So one of our clients, he has weekly appointments to his regional center um, for his therapy. Okay? After about the third or fourth ride, he realized that he can utilize our service outside of just medical appointments. That he can use it for his everyday life. So when he called us, uh, his question was, can I use Butterfly to go to a nightclub? (laughs) And the question and the answer is absolutely. This is what we're for. So you can have a normal life. You don't have any more barriers to transportation. Now, he was so excited by that that he hung up. He called back immediately after and said, wait, can I also bring a date? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) There's no additional cost for any of your uh, caretakers or anyone else that you want to bring in the vehicle. Uh, The fees are are set. It's not per person. So um, uh, needless to say, he he let us know he's going to use us for life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mentioned in my kind of day job, uh, we've used Butterfly. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was actually for social events Mm -hmm. uh, that they were used for, not just Mm -hmm. medical. Yeah. So. Yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so just to piggyback off of that, like, you know, we've recently learned that moving forward, we'll also be able to subsidize the non-medical transit for the client as well. So um, I'm extremely excited about that. That's actually one of the things I'm looking forward to the most um, is being able to provide even cheaper rides for our clients to live like very normal lives. It's fantastic. Cool. So you mentioned regional center clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most of the audience 
most of our audience is California, Arizona, Texas listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, many of those in California may know what a regional center is, but very briefly, can you explain when you said regional center clients, what, mm-hmm. what does that mean? So they, they are privately owned entities that are funded by the government in order to provide additional medical needs. Okay, for mm-hmm. the developmentally disabled. Exactly. Okay, cool. Thanks for explaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that we're going to dive into a little bit of the more specific partnerships, but we're going to take a brief break and then we'll be right back. Pop Health Podcast is supported by 24-Hour Home Care. All episodes of Pop Health Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and pophealthpodcast.com. Well, welcome back, everyone, from the break. Aaron, earlier you mentioned about your partnerships with municipalities, and you referenced San Clemente, which is in South Orange County, California, known for its surf climate. Yes. Uh, but also, they're, uh, they do a good job of ensuring that their seniors are taken care of. Absolutely. And so how did you get plugged in with the city? And also Lyft, you mentioned you help with their um, wheelchair transport. So tell us about that yes. partnership. So uh, it, Lyft initially put in the bid. Um as a solo proprietor of the of the contract, and uh, they were awarded the contract. However, the DOJ threatened to pull the contract because they were not ADA compliant. DOJ meaning Department mm-hmm. of Justice. Department of Justice. I'm sorry. That, no, yes, uh, so yes, yeah. the Department of Justice. Uh, Justice. They threatened to pull the contract because they were not ADA compliant. Because we are, we were the first ADA compliant rideshare service in existence. Um, they brought us in as a partner um, in order to meet the standards of the contract. And uh, we have now been operating there for a few months. And I'd like to announce that we were just approved for a five-year extension based off of our current execution of that. They're, they're highly impressed with how we do business. So now we will be there for the, an additional five years. Nice. Well, not surprised. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier I've had a chance. I've actually ordered a butterfly ride myself just to test it out, mm-hmm. actually. And, uh, and uh, the day job that Zach and I have, we have a transportation coordination team, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wanted to test it before teaching our team to use it. Because imagine mm-hmm. if I teach them to use it, it didn't work. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> that, that would not be good, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I've personally been involved in, in one ride handling it myself, but also just overseeing a few mm-hmm. rides initially that we did. And it's not surprising, man. Um, even though you guys are relatively new and still getting everything, all your ducks mm-hmm. in a row. You have the network. And that was actually a question I had was why Lyft and Uber may have struggled. Because I know sometimes they've been really well intended mm-hmm. to be ADA compliant and have mm-hmm. that fleet available, but it's a different ballgame. And how have you guys been able to pull it off, whereas these behemoths maybe haven't yet? So that's a two-part question. Okay, uh, For me personally, I don't think that Uber and Lyft initially intended their model to capitalize on that segment. Um, now they're realizing that there there is a need there and that they can capitalize on it. So they're they're kind of you know backstepping to make that happen. H- however, like you said, it, it's a different monster to get into this particular vertical. Okay? And I don't know if they'll ever actually want to be in this because to be ADA compliant, it's a task. Um, it's not easy to do, and Uber is actually being sued currently because their wave component of their app is not functioning. Right? If you request one in certain regions, there's no vehicle available, and it's not necessarily their fault. I mean, these specialized vehicles, they're not cheap at all. Uh, I mean, to upgrade a pre-existing van will run you between ten to excess of $20,000. And on average, it's more than $20,000 because it's extremely labor-intensive. 
So there aren't very many of those vehicles that are just readily available. Um, for us, Delilah and John have done an excellent job in aggregating their entire network, uh, non-emergency medical transit, um, throughout the years. So it's really just tapping into their previous relationships and then expanding on new relationships that's uh, allowed us to you know, expand our network as quickly as we have. And essentially, I mean, it kind of goes back to our model and the way it's set up. I mean, we aggregate previous fleets. Yeah. I mean, we use taxis, we use limousine services, all specialized vehicles. Just to give you guys an example, a majority of our transportation providers, they're reporting a 60% increase in their business after joining our network with no change to their fleet. Nice. Um, that's because they simply just didn't have the amount of rides that we were sending them. Because, again, the, the, the original non-emergency medical transit model, it's, it's broken, just yeah. to be frank. Fragmented. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, to, to think about it, I mean, if I need to get a haircut, I jump in my car, I go to the barbershop, you know, I schedule an appointment. If, you know, if they're available, if not, I might wait 30 minutes, get my haircut, go back home. takes an hour and a half at most. Right. At most. If we were disabled... That same, I would have to schedule my ride 24 to 48 hours in advance. I'd have to wait two hours for the vehicle to come pick me up, take me to my barber shop, get a haircut, wait an additional two hours for a ride to take me back home. Right. Um, and that's if I scheduled it uh, properly. Yeah. So that that's one of the needs that we're definitely trying to change. Okay, good. So I guess the expense of these rides isn't cheap necessarily, but you guys have been able to cut it down versus the competition. Mm. We talked a little bit about like some of your partners, but how are mm. typically these rides being funded mm. today? Okay. So a majority of them are subsidized. Okay. I mean, um, it's covered by either their insurance coverage or, you know, their state disability. Okay. And, well, those are for the ADA, uh, mm. I'm sorry, for the regional center component. Okay. okay. And then for our Municipality contracts also subsidized by the city, okay, um, city and state, and then the remainder are paid out of pocket. Okay, what about getting into like Medicare, Medicare Advantage, commercial insurance? Mm-hmm. Where do you see the future there? So the future for us is, you know, we want to capitalize on everything. Right, we want to encompass any and everything that helps our clients get to and from where they need to go at the cheapest possible rate. Again, it's just speaking to, you know, we want to bring normalcy to everyone. Like the on-demand rideshare model should not just be available for us who don't suffer from anything. Right. So earlier we learned about a success story with one of your clients who got mm-hmm. to go to the club, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing more and more benefits, mm-hmm. I guess, for individuals that can have X amount of rides to have a decent life. It's, mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not always just going to the doctors and then you're home and that's it. Exactly. So social determinants of care is a, a big one, a big piece that's pushing medical insurers and other funding sources to allow people to get out of the house, mm-hmm. uh, go grocery shopping, even have social outings. So with that client, how many times is he, like is there X amount of times a month that he's able to use that benefit? Or can you talk a little bit more about how often people can use you guys for mm-hmm. social outings? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's unlimited. I mean, again, but that that cost will be on the consumer. But, oh, I see. But they could use it as many times as necessary. Okay. I mean, if they need to utilize us 10 times in a day, that's possible. Okay. I mean, we are 24-7 available. 
Okay. And, but again, it's based on their current coverage, which will determine how much of that is covered by their insurer or will be subsidized. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Earlier, you talked about strategic partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Lyft as an example with mm-hmm. San Clemente. Um, you guys collaborated so you can handle the ADA mm-hmm. compliant rides by San Clemente. I also know that um, the Auto Club, there's a big story. I think I saw it in a press release um, when I first heard about you guys, mm-hmm. that you guys have a deal with the Automobile Club. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Okay, so our, our current contract with AAA um, is specifically here for California. Um, it's for the rollout. It's uh, to test it. And then okay. once we determine which is going extremely well. Okay. So after the time frame for their rollout, then we will essentially be going national with the with AAA. Okay, and give an example of when you're called in yeah. uh, for, I guess, roadside assistance Just, in that mm-hmm. example. Exactly. So um, say that uh, one of our, say you're driving and you're in a wheelchair accessible van okay and you break down on the side of the road um triple needs to pick you up to tow your van unfortunately a tow truck does not have wheelchair <laughs> accessibility yeah. um, so that's when they will contact us we will dispatch the closest tp um, to the area to be able to accommodate the client that's pretty impressive and if people are auto and i'm guessing a lot of listeners are probably auto club members mm-hmm. is that for anybody who has like the the roadside assistance benefit or absolutely Wow, that's a great deal, man. Well, congratulations. I was just going to ask, um, just kind of based on our experience, one question that we get a lot that can't be accommodated in the more traditional rideshare opportunities mm-hmm. is the ability to request a specific driver. Mm-hmm. Or um, So for recurring rides, can people have a recurring, you called it TP, mm-hmm. but or is it the same model where it just based on the algorithm matches mm-hmm. with the closest? So it'll be twofold. So it actually encompasses both of those things. For example, in the Palm Springs area, uh, one of our clients, she absolutely adores her driver. And because she adores her driver, she has requested her to be her driver uh, moving forward. And that's not a problem at all. We work with all of our TPs to make sure that our clients are taken care of in the best way necessary. So yeah, she, she has. So in her three times a week of going to her appointments, she gets the exact same driver. Cool. And I think one thing we haven't explained today is how you guys are able to keep the cost down. And I want to give an example of how I understand the cost is able to mm-hmm. be kept down. Your transportation network providers, which are uh, subcontractors who have all the proper licenses and their drivers are all trained, have the basic life saving. Mm-hmm. There may be scenarios where their network of drivers who might be on the clock, and I'm giving just one example of how okay. to keep prices down, might take someone to a dialysis appointment mm-hmm. and then sit and wait for a few hours, typically, while being paid to sit and wait and do nothing, where 10 minutes down the road, someone else, a ride request comes in for someone else through another company, maybe, that your driver that's sitting there and waiting could be more productive, help keep costs down. And so that person sitting at the Dallas appointment then goes over 10 minutes away, picks up that person, takes them to their medical, uh, takes them home because they're finished an appointment, and then comes back to dialysis in plenty of time. That's how I've always pictured it. Is mm-hmm. that? And again, I know that's just, there's a lot of examples, but mm-hmm. is, is that example how you're able to basically make transportation more efficient and cost-effective? I couldn't have said that any better. That, okay. is, that is the exactly <laughs> what it is that they need to do. Cool. Is the underutilization um, for this industry um it's incredible to yeah. me um, because that is what they were they are currently doing. It, it needs to be updated and brought to the 21st century. Exactly what you just explained. Instead of having 
a driver in a vehicle sitting stagnant for hours waiting for an appointment to be done, that same vehicle can now be utilized on an on-demand basis in the area and still make the same time frames and, and be able to provide the correct service for the original client. So, um, Gavin, you hit it on the head. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I think, you know, uh, Uber and Lyft, that's one of the reasons they're able to maybe to keep costs down mm-hmm. a little bit as well, is there's mm-hmm. some uh, similarities there mm-hmm. of the efficiency. Oh, so, I mean, just going, I mean, it's, it's when you increase the amount of the quantity increases, like you can lower your margins and it equals the same. So yeah. that's what they're utilizing. Awesome. So if, uh, for the folks that are listening here and as we wrap up the show, how do they learn more about Butterfly? So you can go to gobutterfly.com. Um, again, our app is currently in beta testing on the driver side. Our enterprise platform has been completed already. That's also been through its beta test. is now in alpha testing. And the direct-to-consumer app will be finished early next year. So, But in the meantime, just go to gobutterfly.com. We have a 1-800 number there. Um, please feel free to reach out to me as well. My email is Aaron at GoButterfly.com. Can you spell that for us? Spell it a little differently. Thank you, Gavin. It's A-I-R-R-O-N at GoButterfly.com. And uh, I would love to answer any questions that you have. Um, Please feel free to reach out to us. We're always available. So our 1-800 number is 1-855-267-2354. And that's how you can schedule a ride. And Butterfly is spelled F-L-I because it's an acronym for Freedom Leading to Independence. Very good. And you have some cool spellings. Again, uh, Aaron is A-I-R-R-O-N at GoButterfly with an I dot com. And uh, Aaron Roy has been our guest today. It's been a pleasure, Aaron. Great meeting you last week and appreciate coming by our studio here in El Segundo to record today for our transportation series. Um, again, personally, I've worked with your organization um, in the past and have great experience. And I was actually, I've been familiar with you guys for a little bit, too. So, again, appreciate you coming out. Best wishes. Again, folks, if you'd like to get a hold of Aaron, it's A-I-R-R-O-N at GoButterfly.com. The organization's website is GoButterfly.com. Again, Butterfly with an I. I appreciate you folks listening today. If you do like the show and would like to listen to more episodes, feel free to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or PopHealthPodcast.com. Thank you, guys. Take care.